Welcome to Six in the Mix in episode 37, where we discuss the week that was Donald Trump, the initials game in our third and final episode on eschatology and the end times in Fix Your Eyes. Welcome to Six in the Mix. A band of brothers talking faith, family, sports, and politics. Join us on our journey. Again, welcome to episode 37 of Six in the Mix. As a reminder, please drop comments and topic suggestions on our Facebook page, Six in the Mix Podcast, or on our Twitter page at Six in the Mix Pod. Find our videos on YouTube and Facebook. All right, gentlemen, uh, the week that was, I want to get your guys' thoughts on Biden's biggest need, the note card. And I've got, uh, I've got a little video for you, and here it is. Uh, with the most recent hack by the Russians, would you say that this this means We're not that... sure it's the Russians. I got a brief, and uh, uh, I'll be in better shape to talk to you about it. Hang on a second. I'll tell you what they sent me. The idea, first of all, we're not sure who it is for certain, number one. And what I did, I directed the full resources of the, of the government to assist in a response. All right. So the, the leader of the free world getting ice cream asked about a pretty common thing going on and kind of fumbles a little bit and has to reach for the note card and uh, almost says, like, here's what they told me to say. Does that inspire confidence in you? You had one job. <laughs> you, you had were one just briefed on it. Oh my goodness. And it's obvious the setup, right? I mean, come on. They set it up for him even. I mean, he walks into some store. For one, what is it? What is it? The president of the United States buy an ice cream for in the middle of some podunk town. <laughs> so that obviously was a setup. With a with with a TV camera behind the counter <laughs> facing him. I mean, come on. Oh, oh man. man. I read about this and then I hadn't seen it until now. That that is just incredible that is fantastic oh my word i mean i don't know it's not really fantastic it's actually sad but oh my word what can you do but just laugh yeah the reference there's there's been a couple things in the news over uh, over the course of the last several weeks and months of, of different note cards and things they get you know they get a glimpse of what it says in the note card but this was just crazy right that i mean you nailed it like this this is clearly set up hey hey peggy when he comes in and asks for ice cream this is the question you need to ask you know, probably he's queued up. He's briefed on it right before and complete blank. Here's the note card, sir. Take the note card. Just read it over before you walk in. And you're Left all pocket. Good. <laughs> Left pocket. Or you could just say, no, I just like some ice cream, please. And I think that'd be fine. Like, just I answer questions all the Well, not too much of the time, but, you know, I'm the president. Just give me my ice cream. Yeah, yeah I just came in for ice cream, man. Give me a break. Right. I just I just want to answer the the happy questions come on yeah <laughs> oh, well, maybe in his defense i i remember 20 years ago um one of the leaders of place where i worked he encouraged us to carry around note cards three by five note cards so that when we have a good idea or something we just write it down and put on the note card so maybe maybe that's the way to do it i, I thought back then it was a good idea i never tried it but in my mind it always sounded good so does that help Biden's defense at all or not really? 
Well, the, o- the only thing that comes to my mind is I've never seen him write on the card. My no. guess is he doesn't no. write any of the cards that's given to him. And his key thing is remember where the card is and read it. That's a challenge. I don't think he's writing anything down. Got what job? Hold on. <laughs> Carmel. Carmel. He's a chocolate chip guy, right? It doesn't matter. It's chocolate chip. That's he's a chocolate chip guy. Well, you know what they world. to get me. Go ahead. And he 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 garnered a record amount of votes too. I that's simply amazing. Simply amazing. Where where do you stop the accolades? Yeah, it's. I mean, there's calls. Can, I, when did this happen? Saturday. When, when did this? This was Saturday. Saturday. Okay. Real recent. Yeah, I've been on. I've been on vacation. Haven't had a TV. Haven't had internet. Nothing. So I have. I have missed some of the uh, fun here. Unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, that's not even. It's not even like. Well, he he. You know, I mean, he was just kind of in the middle of something. It was a legitimate like. <laughs> I don't know what they told me to say. Um, yeah, and I, it's interesting. I was reading a little bit. It sounds like about a year in, every president takes a cognitive test. So I, I hadn't really known that. I think they did that with Trump and Obama. Same thing, I'm sure, all the ones before him. Uh, but it sounds like there's pressure for him to take it sooner rather than later based on what they're seeing to see where he's at. So um, I, I don't know. It'd be interesting to see what pressure mounts if there's if there's this level of forgetfulness or um inability to be able to respond to a pretty basic question there so it'd be interesting to see and you know one step further though i don't know about this question because i'm getting tired of hearing about it and there's not really been any follow-up or concrete evidence that it points to russia um you know with the whole what was it the what was the pipeline called the colonial was it the colonial pipeline that got hacked the first time yeah yeah well did you guys hear that the fbi recouped all that money that they supposedly the bitcoin because they asked for the money the the hackers asked for the money in bitcoin okay so the colonial uh, pipeline sends the money via bitcoin and when you send money via bitcoin you have to supply an address that uh like a a wallet address like an ip right yeah it's like an ip address it's it's huge string of numbers it's impossible to hack and it's pretty, pretty hard for anyone without a supercomputer, without, what do they call it? I can't remember what they call it. Some type of computing power that's not even technologically possible right now, or it is possible. Like the, like the, like the quantum Quantum, stuff, that's what right? it was. Yeah, quantum computing yeah. to actually hack this. Okay, so somehow the FBI was able to trap down this Bitcoin. And on top of that, the hackers made the, mistake 101 with bitcoin and getting a like a, a, a the kind of wallet that would not allow would allow you to hack it i mean i would think that these hackers would be on the cutting edge and place 65 dollars down into amazon to pick up one of the what they call like a, a hard heart or a, a hard wallet and it's basically a usb device that you plug into any computer to to load your bitcoin onto and it's impossible to to track <laughs> So this this whole this whole story tells me uh, it smells funny to me. I don't know. There's something crazy going on there. Hmm. Very you know, curious. Very curious. You know, one guy who probably could use note cards is Anthony Fauci. So I'm intrigued by your background, Don, because <laughs> that guy seems to forget what he said in the previous interview, which he lined seven of them up a day. But uh, you 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 you've got a nice wood grain background, and then you got some. What's the purpose of your background there, Don? <laughs> 
You know, I have been on information overload in like the past week and a half where no matter what story I try to, I, I look into, it just brings down the rabbit hole. And, you know, I've been looking at, you know, I, I think it started, I can't remember what it started out with, but it, and somehow it ended up with Fauci and the, and the, and the, uh, and the vaccine and uh, how he of course lied about the, uh, um, the uh, what is that? What is that technology called? Um, capture mRNA, mRNA. No, not the. I'm sorry, not the mRNA, but the uh, uh, proof. Oh. Of, uh, what is that? Proof of concept, not proof of concept. What is that? You know the if if the uh, the vaccine, the the type of uh, passport. No, no, no. No, no what no, they were no, doing, no. gain of function. Gain of function, thank you. Oh, gain of yeah. function. Yeah, that's it. That's, 40, it. that's yeah. that's first point in the initials game, by the way. <laughs> Just pull your gain of function. Pull so me I'm, down. I've been looking at it. Of course, he lied about gain of function and knowing about that. That's pretty much been proven that he knew about it and he lied about it. And the other thing is, is this is this technology the R, the the mRNA technology is completely new, is completely something that has never been done before, and the. And the supposed, I mean, this is alleged, I can't guarantee, I can't verify, I'm trying to verify and figure out how to figure out how to, the doctor that came out about this said that, said, is even coming out saying, we don't know if this technology works. We don't, I mean, the guy who came up with the uh, R, the mRNA or whatever that they call it, came up with the, uh, came up with this technology uh, for the vaccine. Uh, he's, he's getting censored on YouTube now because he's just asking simple questions about what, it, was this a legitimate? Is this something you know we should be testing more and more, more testing out and things like that? I mean, it's just out of control. I mean, and it's I'm just going down the rabbit hole, and it's just it just blows my mind um, to think that. And it's not that they have anything nefarious in this vaccine. Okay, it's not like they intended to put anything. I don't believe in they. You know, like I've said before, they didn't put a chip in it or anything like that. But there's just something something concerning about it when when you're getting reports beyond any other vaccine that that is is having these issues and people having side effects and yet we're still trying to cover it up and keep it quiet and also censoring the the very inventor of this technology because it's not really a vaccine um in, in it's not a vaccine so it's it's a it's a shot that supposedly will help prevent you from getting covid I don't know. I'm just really uh, this yeah, the Fauci guy. I think he's he's crooked as the day is long. So yeah, I appreciate you sharing a little bit of your thoughts in the background. Um, yeah, so Biden needs to share no cards with Fauci. That's really the key takeaway there. Uh, <laughs> kind of stay on stay on script. Uh, speaking yeah. of scripts, uh, the scripts uh, national spelling bee I think is starting up here soon. And so I just wanted to see if you guys wanted to share real briefly uh, either one of your memories, you being in uh, a spelling bee back in the day, or maybe one of the scripts uh, spelling bees that you've watched that kind of stands out. Just everybody share the uh, favorite moment and uh, yeah, in preparation for this uh, t tournament that's about to start. Who would like to uh, share first? Yeah, I'll jump in. I never have ever gone past a first round in the spelling bee. All my elementary years, horrible at spelling, horrible at spelling. And uh, the way I spelled phonetically didn't, didn't jive with any. And, you know, when you look at the judges and, and they kind of, you know, they, they 
all of them kind of turn their heads and start to, you know, spell it for you and you're not even close. And they're just kind of like, you, you start to say a word or a, a letter and then a consonant and then you, they turn their head and that's like a key. Nope, it should be a vowel. So you switch to a vowel and you try to guess that. Anyway, it has always been a challenge for me, but I quit in fourth grade, uh, first, second, third, fourth, never went past first uh, round. And so, yeah, spelling bee is not for me, but some of those kids are incredible. I mean, incredible, unbelievable. Yeah, it's, it's, pre it's pretty wild. I think Brian Regan is a comedian that has a pretty funny take on <laughs> on uh spelling bee stuff maybe i'll maybe we'll cue that up in a future episode but it's uh i think he's, he, he's got a similar experience to you jeremy yeah Sounds oh like yeah we we uh yeah <laughs> it's it's about the same ryan how about you yeah i think i was in a few competitions growing up and, and honestly i i think they went fine i don't remember them too well so i i guess that's just another case in point where i need note cards so i can start jotting some of these memories down because i <laughs> I, I have no record. I, I remember participating. We had this thing in New Ulm, Minnesota for Christian schools in the area, small Christian schools called the Mini Mighty Convention. And I loved it because as you guys know, I, I used to be really competitive. And um, so anything that was competition based, I loved. And so I was getting involved with everything there. I mean, I was doing spelling bee, chess, um, basketball, ping pong. I even did art and I'm not an artist. I just wanted to just try to do the best that I, that I could do. Um, so I, I'm sorry, I just have no other details outside of that. That's when you're 44, your memory starts going. So um, <laughs> that's all I got. I'd love to say, yeah, I remember winning first or second or third place, um, but probably Jeremy was involved with bigger competitions. There weren't a lot of kids involved with this. So I, I probably had a better chance based on numbers. All right, Don. My fellow warrior, how did, how did you, I what got memories two, you get? Two, two memories that come to mind. First memory is the actual spelling bee. There was a one girl, it was the most, it was the funniest thing I've, I've seen out of that spelling bee. And there was one girl, it was many, many years ago, but this girl was so intense. She was incredibly intense. And after every letter she would spell, she would like say, A, and then she would do this. And she would just like say, I don't know what she was doing. No one knows what she was doing underneath her breath or underneath her hands when she was doing it. And then she'd bring down letter B. And she would, it was just, it was, and you were just like waiting for something to happen. And she was just so much fun to watch. I just loved watching her. So I can't remember. I wish that I would knew that, remember that poor girl's name, but she was, she, she was so fun to watch. Um, second thing that comes to mind is a horrible memory of my fifth grade existence. And uh, Miss uh, Deb Hudson was my yeah. teacher and yeah. is responsible for this horrible memory that I'll never oh, forget. Boy. And it was sorry, Hudson. <laughs> it wasn't actually a spelling bee. Shout was, out to the Hudson. <laughs> it wasn't actually a spelling bee. It was a multiplication uh, around the world. Remember playing around the world with multiplication tables? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well, we we would have some serious competitions in our in our grades we had two fifth grade classes in my fifth grade class for whatever reason i don't know how i don't i'm, I'm like the, was the worst at math in the class but for some reason i could memorize two numbers and, and spit out another number and um i actually won because they were holding a competition or something like that the two top multiplication table people were going to demonstrate for the parents in a big huge um meeting or something like that in the in the auditorium they were going to have an, an 
a, a night for the parents and stuff like that. They're going to show off what a multiplication table competition looks like. And so I won. And then um, Jill Pettigrew uh, from the other class uh, won. And so we had to compete in front of all the parents. And there had to be, I mean, that auditorium was packed, let me tell you. And, and uh, we had to compete in front of all these people. Now, the person who was doing the multiplication cards was very much so in the in the mix in this in this scandal because she was the one that was providing the card she was placing the card out she'd pull it out and the per and jill could see the card first right because that was always whoever could see the card first gives it gets a major advantage and she was able to pull the card out this way as on the side jill was standing on and then bring it around for me to see so jill got first dibs on these cards and of course she she mopped the floor with me so to this day i was i was just embarrassed and i think it has a lot to do with some of the anxiety i feel today um, about oh things so um so I, i'll be sending uh deb hudson my uh my therapy bills <laughs> wow <laughs> hudson's on blast Holy cow! Oh, I, I thought we were just doing simple spelling bee memories here. Oh, wow. I don't know I why. I, I've been. I've been. That. That's just been, rabbit hole. Yeah. Rabbit. No cards. <laughs> we we needed to uncover this. Yeah, this is a this deep seated therapy. Therapy. Well, wow. yeah. This is this is my therapy, guys. I need you. I need you to. Well, everybody out there that's listening has one of these stories, or else they were like the one that dominated everything, and they're like, "These guys are peons." Dominated. See, that oh, was the thing. I I was dominating that that multiplication jink it was so ridiculous i was just <laughs> on a, i was unstoppable i was unstoppable oh my oh, oh man that was that was special well unlike don i've actually taken ownership for my uh, spelling bee futility um so back it was probably i was probably earlier than fifth grade i think it was probably like second or third grade so we had a, a basketball cheer so you go to the basketball games and, and the, the cheer was simple it's uh y-e-l-l everybody yell for f-b-c-s and he just kind of got it going and, and we had the gym was packed out um you know going to some games and watching them and so that was as a cheer that was in my mind and so the first round i was second or third grade and i was a decent speller so i i had anticipated going deep into the you know deep into the rounds and they gave me the word yell and so it's set up where you have to say the word spell the word and say the word and i remember this clear as day they said yell and i got the biggest smile on my face i said first round i got this yell y-e-l-l -L. and i strutted away like i was the top dog i was running away with this thing and then they hit the eh buzzer and i'm like <laughs> couldn't believe it and they said you didn't say the word again and i literally was like you idiot i was so frustrated because I, I i thought i had it man i got out on the word yell first round so jeremy i, I do know what that feels like Hold on. Did any of you guys use this trick just to elongate your stay up there? May I please have the definition? <laughs> <laughs> Did anybody ever do that? In no, order to no. in order just to look smart, I said that every single time. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, spell her. Can I have the definition? Oh, okay, also, okay, now I have definition. Did you, hey, did you the also stuff. do the Don trick too, where you put your <laughs> definition? <laughs> definition. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Don, Don, I have seen that on the script spelling bee. I, I, I know I've seen somebody do yeah, that. Before. It sounds it's familiar. Not, yeah, it's not unique oh, to that person. And, and I don't oh, you don't think it's unique to that person? I don't oh. think it is. 
unless okay. she made it to the script spelling bee, but I, I don't think that was the case. Yeah, I'm gonna have to. That's one another rabbit hole I'm gonna have to go down. Yeah, yeah. Wow. <laughs> so, so Jeremy, what was the definition of her? Was that like the stuff that grows I'm on just... your head? <laughs> yeah. her? her. That's right. I like the way you do it, right? Right. Her. That's that's exactly. No, not it. so much. <laughs> you don't. Think you so. gotta let down your. Her. <laughs> you don't know yeah there's got to be i guess the the pronoun her has got to have like thirty thousand different entries now in the in the, well, in yeah. the dictionary oh man it's expansive it's its own it could take hours you could you could you know really expend that b out man oh well boy what, what a great week uh week that was uh rendition for uh for six in the mix that was great all right gonna turn it over to jeremy for our main topic all right main topic today fellas we're gonna talk about a 2024 presidential run. And we're going to use the name Trump again because that keeps coming up and up and up and up. In a recent interview uh, done about four days ago by Sean Hannity, I believe, first, and it's kind of matriculated to other people, the question was asked, are you going to run? And uh, he didn't give any answer yes to that, but he did give this statement, I have made my decision. And after he said that, has gone on to make more and more comments about how to restore America, how to bring it back together, and and um, kind of what uh, he would he was doing and and did on the campaign trail uh, previous to uh, uh, his presidential run. Uh, so when we look at this, we're going to answer, I guess, the question: Is is Donald Trump? Do you think he's going to run in twenty twenty four? Maybe another thought to that is who, who are his running mates? And maybe we can get into that even, even deeper in a different podcast. But I wanted to make one comment as to something that stood out to me far above all the other things that he said when he was asked, have you made your decision or are you going to run? And as he gave some description, a few conversation or paragraphs later, as I read through a couple of different news stories, all of them reported this, the country needs it. The country needs what, I ask? The country needs a leader. We need somebody who is going to stand up, be resolute, and be able to take on all of the ridiculousness that is Washington, DC. And he has been through it once before. He knows what he's getting into. And if you ask me, somebody who already has been through that kind of fire, and somebody who has already felt the ridiculousness and the pain of um, looking from the outside, people taking criticisms of him, not just in our own uh, country, but worldwide. And he still stands up and he says, the country needs it. My thought is he's gonna run 2024 and I don't think he's slowing down at all with this presidential run. We'll see in a few, uh, few weeks as uh, things continue on, uh, but your thoughts. We're going to start with Matt, and we'll go to um, to Ryan, and then up to Don. Uh, so, Matt, what do you think? Presidential run, Trump, twenty twenty four. What do you think? I do think he will run. Um, I think that's just it's kind of it's it's kind of stuck in his craw, as it were. Uh, so, I do think he will run. Uh, the question is, do I think he should run? And I'm going to say no. Um, and, and here's why. I, I really loved everything he stood for, his policies. He stood up to the, he stood up to the, um, you know, to the left. I think even to the right, to a certain extent, he, he charted a new course. Um, so I had no concerns with the what, like what he did. But 
the way he chose how to do it and how, and, and we, we've talked about this a little bit before he's so turned off people where they can't even, they can't even hear him talk and be able to intellectually be able to think about what he's saying and the direction he wants to go. They have such hatred for him. You know, in chess, we use a term like there's a poison pawn. And if you take the poison pawn, yeah, you get a pawn there, but it's absolute poison. And, and, and unfortunately I think he has, he has worn that out. So as good of a leader as I do think he is minus the arrogance, but the direction he was going, the challenge and the status quo, I don't believe that he's going to be able to, um, you know, kind of win, you know, the hearts and minds that you need to as a leader. I think he's, that's, I think that's poison. Um, so I don't think that he should, I think he should look to, um, you know, maybe, you know, try to find a congressional seat, you know, serve in that way, still, still influence a little bit, but help support uh, maybe like a DeSantis uh, who, uh, who's, who's got a really good shot. So you see him still in the political picture, but just not the front guy this time around. Yeah, which I don't know if he can play second fiddle. I don't know if that's in his cards per se. Uh, you know, I, I think he did have some tremendous influence on uh, politics and challenging that. And I think that definitely needed to happen. And I think he's uniquely gifted for that. Um, but again, how he did it, I think, was just extremely damaging to where people can't even see the good uh, of, the, of the policies and the directions where he wants to go. All right. Good thoughts. Uh, Ryan, let's hear yours. Jeremy, before I share mine, uh, can, can you answer the question? I, I heard you say you think he will, and I am doing a calling your shot portion here too. So I, I've noted your response and Matt, Matt's response, both yes, you think he will. But what do you, do you think he should personally? What was your thoughts on that? Well, I, I, I'm also with, with Matt, should he? I'm not sure, but I'm going to go yes and yes. I, I really think that he is going, he, just like Matt said, second fiddle. I just don't think leadership um, for him is anything less than the top. And um, I think he's going to assemble a team and he's going to put things together. And uh, I think he's going to make another run for it. And uh, so, yes, I think he's going to run. Yes, I think um, he will be, uh, he will be uh, doing it as president and not in a secondary um, leadership role. Gotcha. Well, I'll, um, I'll address the question of should Trump run in 2024, and I'm going to say no. I, I agree with Matt. I don't think he should run. Um, again, he did a lot of things that were good, but he, he was very uh, repulsive to a lot of people. I think you need to be a little bit more winsome, a little bit more grown up. You can certainly stand against Washington and all of that. Uh, but I just don't think his personality was what it should be uh, to the general voter. Uh, you think about, even within our own Christian circles, it's, isn't it amazing the different viewpoints of Trump within Christianity? I mean, you've got people who absolutely love him. I mean, they will cry when he speaks. These are Christians. Uh, you've got Christians that are intrigued by him, like, wow, this guy's kind of interesting. You know, I, I like, I like, I, I'm surprised. I mean, that was kind of me. I was surprised at what he did when he was in office, pleasantly surprised. And then you got Christians. I, I could never vote for a, a guy of that character. So even just looking within Christian circles, there's no, there's no guarantee he'd, he'd do very well with that block. Yeah. There's a spectrum for sure. The, there's, there's a spectrum. The, the problem is he brought in so many people who were apolitical into, into voting that said, I'm tired of all politicians. This is our guy because he's not a politician. I don't know if you can, you can bring all those voters back 
if, if he's not on the scene. So that is a bit of a concern for me. So, but I, I just don't think he should. And unfortunately, the way he handled January 6th, uh, I, I'm not blaming him for it, but he could have been better with January 6th. Uh, it, you know, instead of encouraging people to head to the Capitol, um, he, he wasn't calling for an insurrection, but I, I think he, he should have handled that better. Uh, if he, I think in the, his four years, if he would have been more presidential, um, I, I think he probably would have been reelected. I, I do. I mean, of course, the media was out to drag him down and make him look as ugly as possible. That was a given. Um, but I, I don't think he should, because as, as Matt said, and I, I swallowed about three of Matt's poison pill pawns earlier this week. But um, yeah, as he said, I, I think there's a, enough poison in the uh, in the waters right now for him. And I, I actually asked Aaron, my wife, about this, and she, without sharing my thoughts, she's like, yeah, I think he's turned off too many people to ever vote for him. Do you guys do you guys think the two that have answered and Don you can you can reference this maybe in your answer too? Do you think that his first presidential run and if he were to be elected again would be more mature as far as a presidential uh, leader because he has been there, or do you think that Trump is who he is and it's going to be it would be four four more years of of the repeat of what we had the four years he well, was. It's, it's hard to change your, your persona. I mean, it, it really is. I, and I don't think that gets easier as you get older. Um, and, you know, before the other guys jump in, I, I, could he? Yeah. I, but could he persuade the American people? I, I heard the interview he did with Hannity. He was more presidential and that was encouraging to some people, but can that be sustained? I don't know. Um, I, and I'll just answer the question. Will he run for calling your shot? I'm going to say, yes, he will because I do think he is driven by ego. And I think going for that top spot as, as great, I mean, can you imagine though, like Matt said, and I've heard this speculated a little bit. Can you imagine if he were speaker of the house and the Republicans win, <laughs> you've got a Republican president, you got Trump in the background during a state of the union speech, just doing what, whatever he can to mock whatever Pelosi did in years gone by. <laughs> I mean, that would be pretty hilarious. I mean, so I, I, I kind of I like that idea, but I never I, thought about that. I, I, think, I think we need somebody a little bit more winsome. Uh, to be our, our candidate in 2024 who can appeal to the masses and has proven to be a great leader during the pandemic. All right. Good thoughts. Don, yours. All right. So, yeah, you guys gave me a lot to chew on. And I, so I guess the question, so there's two questions. Of, am I correct? There's two questions in should he run and will he run? Uh, so the to answer the question of should he run, um, I yeah, I think he should run. I don't think see why. I mean, well, no, let me change that. Let me let me walk that back. Let me say no, he should not run. Okay. You need, you need <laughs> to check your note card there, Don. Yeah, I did get the I got the wrong note card. It's Take right, a it's second, right. just, it's, just it's reference your, it's, it. It's your right one. No, he should not run. <laughs> um, in in um for reasons I'll discuss here in a second. Um, but there's no change in Trump whether he would run a more presidential race mm. in the uh next in the next term. Uh, there's there's no change in him. He's, he is who he is. He's going to be that way no matter what. And to be honest with you, I think it was great for the country. Um, you know, he could you could say he was unpresidential. You could say he was arrogant. Oh yeah, he was all those things. But that's who he was. And I personally, it, it was quite refreshing. Um, to be honest with you, yeah, it was it was 
he, he said some cringeworthy stuff and, and made you like, oh, what are you doing, buddy? Um, not getting any help on your side at all. But that's who he was. And uh, it he was the first, you know, he was one of the, you know, he wasn't a politician. He didn't play the game. He didn't play the game they wanted to play him, uh, have him play. So um, now will he run in, in, in the next term? No, he's not going to run because the guy just turned 75. The guy just turned 75 years old. So if he takes term when he's, if he wins the presidency, what is that in 228? Uh, or is that right? Or 20, no, 24, I'm 24, sorry, 24. 24. So 20, 24. 24 midterms. Yeah, 24. So in 24, so what does that put him at? 70, 78? Mm-hmm. Math, mathematician, please. It, yeah, and I think that's what Biden's age is right now. Right, well, And that's exactly it. I don't want another bumbling buffoon in the office who's, who's coming up on, you know, mm. missing his Alzheimer medication. I mean, I just can't see it. Now, I think Trump is playing the media and everybody to perfection here because he is taking on the media. He is being the, uh, the, the target for, for the left and the media. Uh, just the very hint or the very thought or the very couple of antagonizing words that he can muster when he's in front of a, a camera or doing an interview. It's all it takes for these people to go nuts and that's exactly what we want. That's exactly what the right would want. The Republican Party would want would be for that for them to concentrate all their angst, all their fire, all the vile, everything on him, which is he he is more than willing to take because he loves he he loves playing that game with them. And I think that paves the way even more for a DeSantis or a, a Noam or whoever the yeah. up and coming star is. I think that does nothing but you know a benefit. The, so the, essentially, the right they, they use up all their fuel. Right, right. Well, if I'm the it Democratic down Party, to it, they've done nothing but defeat somebody who really isn't going to run. Right. If and I'm the Democratic sudden, Party, if I'm the Democratic Party, I'm going. I should be going after DeSantis and, and all these up and comers. I'm. Not, why am I still wasting my time on Trump? Um, I just think he's playing the game and he's playing them perfectly because I and I love every second of it because you know he's not he's just dangling it out there he knows exactly what he's doing yeah and perhaps the reason why he said I've made a decision not yes or no and uh, Don yeah I think I think you might be uh, right on there well that's good any any other thoughts from you all on this uh, on this topic good discussion and uh, it'll be interesting to see how things play out on a side note I think it is interesting that the Dems are extremely concerned, though, that they have nobody. They they know that there is that Kamala would not be able to really run in 2024 and win against anybody in the GOP. They have no confidence in her at all at this point. I think that's a little a little bit of a commentary and a side story. Obviously, that's not going to be you know, broadcast on, on the media, but reading in some of their commentary, that's, that's out there too. And so I think they're really, they're, they're in a quandary. They have no idea really what's going to happen. And, uh, you know, I think, you know, we talked about that, that red wave and we talked about what that looked like on, on that night of the election. And maybe it's just, maybe it's just a coming red wave. Maybe it's just a little ways out and the tsunami may come uh, four years later. 
and because of still because of the influence of Trump. So regardless, Trump is still in the picture and he's still doing interviews and doing all that Trump does. So we'll have to keep our eyes posted on that. But until uh, until we see some other uh, interesting tidbits of information, we'll leave it there. All right, gentlemen, time to put on my CNI glasses here. Should have, could have used these in fifth grade, apparently. All right. So our initials for tonight. Let's go with the letters D, P, the letter D, and the letter P. P. All right, here we go. Item number one, clue number one. Iceman freezes one of these in X2, X-Men United. Clue number two. Spider-Man practiced on one in 2002. Clue number three. Their slogan was read by Johnny Five in 1986 Short Circuit. I, I have no clue what you're even talking about with any of these. <laughs> <things>. <laughs> yeah, you don't know either. Do you have the right note card up? <laughs> clue number four. <laughs> it's actually PD. <laughs> Forrest Gump claimed to have had about 15 of these. Clue number five was created in the 1880s by pharmacist Charles Alderton in Waco, Texas. Clue number six. This soft drink is famous for containing a blend of... Jeremy Ryan. Oh, boy. <laughs> not, not <laughs> Ryan. I thought it was... It's oh not even God. close. I yep. thought it was Jeremy, but... RP yeah. for DP. No, I, I I go with Jeremy. I'm I'm happier with that. Dr. Pepper. That is correct. I yeah, that was a tough one, man. Holy wow, man. I thought I heard. Oh, I yeah, I want to go back to the tail of the tape. There there yeah. didn't seem to be some delay, but I yeah, I could be interesting. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I couldn't tell if I could read the voices well enough. Man, that's that's one of my favorite sodas too. I'm disappointed. I can't believe Ryan, you didn't have that. I, yeah, I, I didn't write that down. I, I he started talking movies, and I just lost yeah, hope because I'm, I'm not good at movies. Well, neither am I. I don't watch any of those any of those movies at all. So I had no clue. Wow. All right, so Jeremy's on the board with one. Nice. Item number two, clue number one. Had a connection to Hootie and the Blowfish in 1995. Do you have Hootie and the Blowfish on a previous Clue one time? No, like, I don't think. Oh, maybe I did. I don't know. Yeah, Darius Rucker and yeah. uh, Duck Dynasty or something. Connected, Clue number two, connected to coconuts in an Adam Sandler film. Oh my goodness. 
Clue number three, once ex or I'm sorry, once explained playoff scenarios for the Denslow Cup. Clue number four appeared in the 1998 film Waterboy. Clue number five connected to highlights. Ryan. Go ahead, sir. Dan Patrick. That is correct. Mm. The DP show. That's right. He's also famous for the line, you can't stop him, you can only I hope contain to contain him. him. Oh, man, <laughs> I love watching <laughs> his highlights in the ESPN days. <laughs> Classic. He was original. Uh, he was awesome. Did he, did he die? No. I don't think that, no. No, he's not dead. He's who's still, who's, he's still who's the up. announcer that dressed in all of that crazy, all the suits and everything? He died of cancer. Oh, Turner? Uh, what's his name? Uh, Craig Sager. Craig Sager. That's what it was. Yeah. Craig Sager. Sager. That's who I was thinking of. Oh. Yeah. All right. So Ryan's on board now with one. Jeremy with one. Item number three. Clue number one. Connected to Chicago. Clue number two. Connected to a 1999 Tom Hanks film. Clue number three. Connected to Southern Methodist University in 1987. Clue number four. Connected to a 1995 Sean Penn film. Clue number five. Fish. Bundy and Holmes are all connected to this. Clue number six, hanging, firing squad, gas chamber, and electric. Go ahead, Ryan. Death penalty. Ah, That is correct. Oh, Bundy, fish, huh? Interesting. Holmes. What's what's the Holmes part of it? Is that H H H Holmes? H yeah. H Holmes, the first uh, serial killer. I think that's who it is. Sorry, oh. I know my serial. Sorry, I might have a problem. <laughs> <laughs> you got me. Yeah, you stumped me on that one. I don't know. I'll go with you what, what you're saying though. Sounds good. Oh my, Jeremy, we need you, man. My mind is mush okay. today. All right, here we go. Pulling a Biden. <laughs> Item number four, clue number one, connected to a microwave. Clue number two, connected to Big Ben. Clue number three, connected to the worm. Clue number four, connected to the bad boys. Brian. <laughs> Go ahead, Detroit, Detroit Pistons. That is correct. Oh. 
They were, they were my team before the Wolves were here. I was an Isaiah Thomas fan, so that was right up my alley. You, you, you would be an Isaiah Thomas fan, wouldn't you? I would. And a Vinnie Johnson, the microwave fan. Microwave, I love Vinnie Johnson. Oh, he was great. If, if you use the word connected for another clue, I'm going to lose it. Yeah. <laughs> connected to. Oh, throwing me off. I do. Connect. Link to. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Throwing me off, man. Come on. Ryan's up three to Jeremy's one. Shoot. Hmm. Item number five, clue number one. Appeared in Back to the Future when Marty Big Fly was still in 1985. Clue number two in 1994 became a practice that would become an industry standard. Clue number two, introduced in 1964. Clue number four, hold your, grab your belt, Matt connected to Ray Charles. I'm, just, I, I'm lost, man. Clue number five connected to Cindy Crawford and a vending machine. <laughs> Ryan. Oh, my Jeez. goodness. <laughs> he was just waiting. He's just toying with course, you. Of course, he'd give us a Cindy Crawford clue. <laughs> of course. Hey, Ryan. <laughs> Diet Pepsi? That is correct. I got it. <laughs> well i think that uh one two three four well i suppose jeremy still has a chance jeremy's got a sweep i've so. got it i've got it yeah. yeah all right matt matt we need you i don't, no, I, I, I don't know what it is but i'm not connecting with it, connecting with any of the clues like i i just i, I don't know <laughs> i can normally track i can't i can't right now all right, boss. This one's for you, uh, Matt. Your your here's one. Yeah, but it's only going to hurt Jeremy. So Lined why why would I you. why would I even try to get this one? Get on the board. If anything, I'm going to text Jeremy if I know. Get on. <laughs> Keep your phone handy, Jeremy. Okay, it's on again. Yeah, right. All right, here we go. Item number six, clue number one. O.J. Simpson's car chase led to record sales. Clue number two, often goes by the first word. Clue number three, appeared in the 1990s Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Clue number four, connected to the red, white, and blue. Oh, I'm just toying with him. He's oh, so, so dirty. Clue number five. Connected to clue number five. Connected to the Noid. What? Matt. 
All right, Jeremy, do you know this one? Do you know it yet? I didn't. I didn't hear the last. What? I didn't hear the last. Uh, Is this allowed? Okay. Next to the Noid. Fo fo follow oh. me. Follow me, Jeremy. Follow me. Okay. Um, is it, uh, is it Ramino's Ritza? <laughs> you don't think so. Jeremy, say your name. <laughs> Jeremy, Domino's Pizza. Yeah. That's correct. <laughs> I knew, I knew it all along. I was just toying with Ryan. <laughs> Good work, man. Good work. <laughs> that is a first. We got a ball game. <laughs> put them up, right. put them up, put them up. <laughs> All right, here we go. <laughs> Item number seven, clue number one, is a reference to Domino's. Clue number two, is sometimes used in ads, offers, or coupons. Clue number three, they are recorded. Brian. Oh, this will be good. Go ahead, sir. 75% confidence level. It's double play. Well played, sir. Well played, sir. That is correct. Double play. Wow. I was hoping Jeremy would get that. That was Jeremy. I teed that one up for Jeremy <laughs> all there. Double play. Wow. Come on, man. What were the clues again? I'm great at double plays. <laughs> what, well. What were the, just shoot through the cl those clues again. Okay. Is a reference to dominoes. The game yep. is sometimes used in ads, offers, or coupons. Mm. Double play. I get it. They are recorded. Record your double play. Mm. Yep, they get they get six four three double play recorded in the scorebook. Or in Jeremy's case, yeah, one three four five. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm like Trump. I'm not going to go with the typical, you know, That's double it. plays. We don't need any of that. Let's try this unconventional stuff. Oh, right Let's on. Let's show those college or those uh, pro prospects that, you know, can be done other ways. Right. Right. <laughs> it's, right. It's, it stays on that side of the field, but it, it, it kind of goes against physics because the shortstop's coming toward the bag, but that's fine. No problem. Yep. No, yeah. Everything's, everything's off. All right. Good job, Ryan. We're real thrilled with another one of your wins. It's great. So, all right. Transitioning into something a bit more eternal. Uh, fix your eyes. We're going to get into uh, the third and final uh, part of eschatology in the end times. And we're just going to ask a simple question. How then should we live with the uncertainty of the future and the coming of the end times? So uh, just asking each of us to kind of interact with that question. And we'll go uh, Ryan, Don, Jeremy, and then myself. So um, Ryan, uh, what are some of your thoughts? Uh, how then should we live with the uncertainty of the future and uh, the coming of the end times? So I think in recent discussions we've had about eschatology, some of us are similar in what we think will play out. Um, some of us are a little bit different. Uh, but for me, again, I, I'm pre-trib, pre-millennial, so I, I don't think we've entered the millennial kingdom yet. I do believe that Christians will be escorted out um, before the tribulation. Uh, so, so having said that, and I think on the most recent discussion we had, when asked what's going to be the starting point starting domino for all these things to start taking place. Uh, I'm, I'm looking at the rapture. 
again, with eschatology, I don't think anybody on the planet can be 100% sure uh, of, of everything related to eschatology, so I'll say that, but um, I, I do think there are some principles that keep showing up as, as Christ commands his disciples or the writings of Paul uh, to certain churches or, or people um, that, that give us good advice for what, what our life should look like, what should we be in the business of doing. Um, and so I do want to share a couple of, of scripture, some, some, some scripture passages, some texts. Uh, the first one is Matthew 26, 41. And uh, again, this is toward the end of Christ's time here on the earth with the disciples. And they were concerned with what was going on, didn't know what was going to happen next. And Christ says, watch and pray, which isn't, isn't too far away from what we see in 1 Peter 5, 8 and 1 Thessalonians 5. 1 Peter 5, 8, be sober, be vigilant. You know, keep, keep, keep a watch for what's going on around you. Uh, pay attention. First Thessalonians 5, another, a couple of key phrases we've already seen, be awake and sober. So you're, you're getting this idea in the New Testament that we shouldn't have our, our minds cluttered with things. We need to be focused in on, on what Christ has called us to be focused in on. We should have a mindset of prayer, uh, seeking, seeking the Lord's help and, and guidance in our lives. And what's interesting is I just came across this passage today, actually listening to uh, Todd Friel on, on the Wretched podcast. Um, but in 1 Timothy 1, as Paul writes to Timothy, uh, there, there's some language there in 1 Timothy 1 where he's telling Timothy, hey, stay away from some of these, these genealogies, these crazy ideas. And Friel is making the case that a lot of Christians today are struggling with conspiracy theories. And he's saying is that really what our focus should be in? And he's saying no. In fact, if you go into the rest of the passage in 1 Timothy 1, uh, Paul's telling Timothy, these are getting in the way of advancing the plan of God. So what is the plan of God uh, for you, for me? And that's what we should be looking in on. Of course, we've got clear commands in the Bible, what his plan is. And then through the work of his spirit in our lives and through prayer, we, we understand uh, better what specifically he is asking of each of us. And this is all done through faith. And so to me, um, just thinking about this topic, how then shall we live? I would say this, let's keep a watchful eye. Let's have a prayer attitude, a prayer mindset, and let's not get caught up in things that really don't matter too much in the long run. And let's keep our, our focus on our faith and uh, go forward from there. Yeah. Good. Uh, really good summation. Watch and pray. That was a good, uh, we sang in a men's men's group in high school, and that was one of the songs. Watch and pray was uh, just a, a, a great one to sing. Maybe you guys sang that one too. I remember. Yeah. Kevin Mungins taught, taught us that one, and we sang that one uh, sang that one quite a bit. Really good message there. So, uh, Don, what are what, what's your thoughts? Well, can you imagine if if you know believers what it was like to be a believer in times of Rome under Caligula or Nero? Um, facing the stake, burning it, you know, th just uh, throwing Christians to the lion's dead just for entertainment. Um, what it, would it be like to live as a believer during Attila the Hun's overrun of Europe in what was that, the fifth century? Um, I'm thinking also, I think also the the Black Death when, when uh, it decimated entire towns i think they have the numbers at 25 million lives lost between 1347 and 1352 unbelievable um 
And, you know, then we think of uh, the latest, uh, the, the, the example of Hitler, the Third Reich, um, and, and the uh, elimination of, of, of millions and millions, six million Jews. Um, I mean, I, clearly these are, these are times that, that are uh, very much um, makes a believer think that it, it's got to be coming to an end soon. It has to be. How can it get any worse? Unfortunately, I do think it's going to get more worse um, before before uh, before Christ's return. Um, but I think of of the words in Second Peter three ten through twelve. Um, Peter says, "Since all these things will be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness, looking for and hastening the coming of the day of God?" because of which the heavens will be dissolved, being on fire, and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Uh, Peter sees it pretty clearly and, and calls it out, tells us Christians to live holy and godly lives. And I've been studying um, John 13 in the final days when Christ was on earth, and he knew the end was near. He knew it was coming to a close. He knew it was happening. And here he is in the with the disciples, um, and he's calling. He call. He goes out, and he what does he do? He washes their feet. He takes his own robe, washes their feet. He knows the end is near, and this was what he's doing. He washes their feet, and it's just an ex amazing example of what we as Christians need to do. And we are commanded to love. We are commanded to love, just as Peter calls us to. Uh, in that time when, when the elements will melt in, of, with fervent heat, we're still called to love and to demonstrate holiness and what it, God's love truly means. So that's that's uh, that's great stuff. Um, Peter had some great stuff to say about that. He's been referenced back by both Ryan and and uh, and Don in that uh, good stuff. All right, Jeremy. Yeah, my my thought uh, were kind of between the both of, of Ryan and Don with their um, their passages, but I, I can't help but think of the simplicity of it all, even though it seems super complicated. I don't I know that maybe sounds like it's you know conflicting terms, but even in our sanctification, it's as simple as placing your faith and believing something that God did for me, and He gives us salvation. And it's as complicated as living the rest of your life, trying to focus on that progressive sanctification and living, you know, dedicated and holy life to him. And in the final letter to the Thessalonians, or excuse me, the first letter to the Thessalonians in the final chapter, um, Paul says, in a sense, focus on the simple things. Yes, the day of the Lord and all these things have got to be near. There, there's there's going to come a time where God's mercy is going to run out and I just, I just find it refreshing to know that even though sometimes we chase complicated things, whether that be doctrine, whether that be, you know, our direction in life, careers, families, all these things, it all boils back down to some simple things. And so I just want to read First um, Thessalonians 5, 12 through um, 24, where it says, Now we ask you, brothers and sisters, acknowledge those who work hard among you who care for you in the Lord and who admonish you. Hold them in the highest regard in love because of their work. Live 
uh, in peace with one another, as we urge you, brothers and sisters, warn those who are idle and disruptive and encourage the disheartened, help the weak, be patient with everyone, make sure that nobody pays back wrong for wrong, but always strive to do what is good for each other and everyone else. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Do not quench the spirit. Do not treat prophecies with contempt, but test them all. Hold on to what is good. Reject every evil, every kind of evil. May God himself and the God of peace sanctify you through. May your whole spirit, soul, body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful and he will do it. Hmm. I know there's a long list and it seems maybe a little bit complicated, but I just would argue that it's back to the basics. And when it comes down to whether it's the end of your life or facing the, the day of the Lord, the final time when God's going to come back and rescue his church, what is it that God requires of a man? He doesn't require his wealth, makes no difference who he is in his culture, makes no difference what his reputation is as far as anybody else is concerned, because he will answer only for himself mm. and what his heart is. And if you can do the simple things, I believe that you are doing and you will do what God has called you to do in light of the circumstances. And whether we're close to the rapture or God's coming again, or we're a long way out yet, the reputation that we give and the legacy we give to others who will follow that truth, because he, he references there, love truth. Don't, don't forget that because the God who is faithful, he's the one that's going to be able to stand uh, true. So, I like the simplicity of it. Um, we can get tangled up in the, you know, wins and the wares and the hows and all of that. And that's good to debate and to, to go through. But I also enjoy the fact that if I do what I am supposed to do, um, God will see me as a faithful servant. And whenever that time is, whether it's burned at the stake, as Don mentioned, or it's raptured uh, his church, uh, as Ryan mentioned, um, God's going to welcome me as a good and faithful servant. Hmm. Yeah, good stuff. We've heard from uh, Peter, Paul, uh, and Jesus in this, and uh, it's been great. My my mind is as I was taking a look at, kind of thinking how do, how would I answer that? How then should we live? I mean, so many things you can go to. I do find it interesting that um, that at the end, uh, just before he enters his passion, he spends a lot of time. Jesus spends a lot of time uh, speaking to his disciples uh, about. Uh, what's going to happen um, in the, you know, in the end times. And uh, I was drawn to just a couple verses in Matthew 24 and one in Matthew 25. Uh, and just would like to read those and just make a couple short comments. Uh, Matthew 24, 13 and 14, and then verse 35. And then we'll do Matthew 25, verse 13. It says, but the one who endures to the end will be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole world as a testimony to all nations. And then the end will come. In verse 35 of Matthew 24, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. And then Matthew 25, 13, watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. And, you know, Jesus uh, shares some really great parables that kind of illustrate his points there, right? Whether it's the, the virgins or whether it's the talents, uh, really trying to, you know, uh, get through the disciples' heads, hey, this is going to be really important. Um, here in a couple of days, a couple of weeks, when things are not 
uh, are not turning out the way you wanted them to. Um, but I think Jesus, the admonitions to, hey, my word's not going to pass away. So how then should we live? We should live anchored to uh, the word of God and, and making sure that that's in our lives on a regular basis. We talked about that a little bit during the sanctification uh, sessions. And then I think, I think too, we, we do talk about in the podcast, and I think it's good to talk about, you know, the political events and, and those types of things. But, you know, Jesus's admonition to watch is really not necessarily watch the political spectrum and try to figure out who Gog and Magog is. I think it, I think it, I think it's watch with with a, with the eye that we're not of this world. Our citizenship is in heaven, and so you know fixing our eyes is, is a really important theme uh, there. And so watching is I think is a hopeful expectation. It's it's remembering that our focus should be on on Jesus. You look at Paul in Colossians, set your mind on things above where Christ dwells. Uh, not on things on the earth. And so I think uh, through all the craziness of this life and eschatology and some of the maybe scarier passages of, of scripture, well, what, how am I going to play into that? Um, I think it comes down to anchor yourself to God's word, uh, being God's word. You know, I think Don encouraged us, you know, he's in John 13. His question is to, to the rest of us and whoever's listening, wh wh where are you at in the Bible? Um, you know, what are you kind of reading through? I think that's a really good challenge. And then watch, you know, watch and pray, kind of like Ryan said, uh, is really good. Um, so that's going to close out the uh, the eschatology session and just wanted to close with a song that's really been meaningful to me lately. I uh, heard it for the first time on Easter uh, down uh, at uh, brother-in-law and sister-in-law's church down in Kentucky, and I was really captivated by it. And then I've heard it a couple times since then at, at, at some other churches and then just listening to myself. Uh, miss, miss myself. It's called, it's a song by Gettys. It's called Christ, Our Hope and Life and Death. And uh, just uh, encourage you to, uh, to kind of consider um, how you might be encouraged through, uh, through this song uh, as, as you listen to it.
Christ he lives, Christ he lives, and what we want will heaven bring, everlasting life with him, then we will rise to meet the Lord, then sin and death will be that was a great encouragement to you uh to to watch and pray well that's a wrap on episode 37 on this the fifth day of july year of our lord 2021 this was six in the mix talking faith family sports and politics find our episodes on apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, spotify or wherever you get your podcast content review us and leave a comment visit our facebook page at six in the mix podcast and comment on what topics you'd like us to discuss. We are also on Twitter at 6 in the Mix Pod. Join us on our journey.